We all want to feel peace in our lives, peace in our choices, our beliefs, our relationships, and our environment. I've learned that this desired contentment is often found through holding on to less. When we pare down what we own, what we consume, and what we value, we're left with what's intentional, a personalized curation of what is important and true and useful to us. I'm Shannon Laco, and you're listening to Paring Down, a podcast aimed at helping you declutter not only your home, but any area of your life that's overwhelming. Here, we're having interesting and honest conversations about the physical and mental clutter that drowns out what truly matters to each of us. And together, we'll learn how to pare it all down, not for the sake of perfection or becoming rigid, rather so we can move through life with less overwhelm and more joy, wisdom, and peace. Hello, and welcome back to Paring Down. You're here with us again today, or if it's your first time, welcome. Super glad to have you. I am particularly jazzed to introduce our guest today because she is one of the very first people I connected with on social media when I first started my Paring Down Instagram account. And she is just one of those people that automatically connects with the community. The work she's doing in the decluttering space is really, really helpful and just really relatable, engaging, and inspirational all at the same time. And I've just come to adore her. I even got her to send me her home address. So, and she believed that I was not a stalker using AI in order to creep on her and her family, um, which I feel very proud to to be able to say that she trusted me like that so that I could send her a Christmas card. So that's the level of like internet friend turned real friend that we are now. And it's just a pleasure to have her on the show. And that person is the one, the only Elizabeth Beam from Balancing Beams. Elizabeth is a mom of three littles who made the switch from insurance agent to being a stay-at-home mom three years ago. She struggled with postpartum and felt overwhelmed trying to maintain her home. I mean, I think a lot of us can relate to that. So she ruthlessly decluttered 50% of their belongings. She now has a more simplified lifestyle to create a home that is easy to manage and provides an environment of calm for her family. She is passionate about showing other busy moms how it's entirely possible to reinvent their home into a place that gives them back their time and energy. And she offers different resources online, guides and checklists to help you declutter. Uh, She just makes things really practical and reminds us that this is about having a home that functions well for you. So I knew I wanted to have her on the pod, and I'm so excited to bring her conversation to you right this very second. So let's go. Elizabeth, I'm so excited to have you here. I just gave everyone a high level of who you are, but if you could share what you do and a little bit more about yourself, that would be amazing. Okay. I'm so glad to be here. I'm really excited about this. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom currently since 2020, I think. I used to be an insurance agent. And then I got rid of my second daughter and it was not realistic anymore with childcare and all that fun stuff. So I became a stay at home mom and then uh, 2020 happened. (laughs) So it kind of all happened at the same time. And my husband is a computer programmer and he started working from home right when all that happened because of uh, COVID and all that fun stuff. So that was a very big adjustment for us to go from two working to both of us at home, which obviously he's working, but still we're there all the time. So we still love each other. We still get along great. (laughs) No worries. Um, And so I have three girls now. I had my third daughter in, uh, let's see, 2022, right? All right. Yes, last year. So yeah, no. (laughs) Right? Oh my word, no, it's 21. I am really bad at years. (laughs) So yes, so yeah, my, so 2018, 2020, 2020. Yeah, twenty. No, twenty-two. Yeah, last year it was January last year. That's why it's throwing me off. Feels like she's gonna be two. Well, yeah. So in my head, it's it's next year already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. And by the time that this comes out, by the time this comes out, it will be twenty twenty-four. So you're safe. You're good. Yeah. So twenty twenty-two. Because they're even even things. I knew I had that right in the first time. But anyway, yeah. So she was born in twenty twenty-two, and so now I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and an almost two-year-old. So yes. What a life. Lots of adventures. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that was something that when we first connected on Instagram, I was like, I didn't realize that we had kids basically the exact same Yes. You said that one day and I was like, wait a second. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. And there's yep. not that many of us with like five, three, and two because that's pretty yes. tight yes. in age. Yep. Yep. And I, I didn't. Agree. I don't know if you know this. I didn't carry my third. So my third child adopted. Oh, so okay. I didn't get pregnant back to back like as much. So I always say that I'm like I don't know what it's like to have the three pregnancies so close you know I, I just feel like it's pretty two. similar the only reason um they're so close is my well not necessarily only reason but she actually came um a little bit over six weeks early so it would have been a little bit bigger of a gap I guess I don't know I know it six weeks doesn't seem that much but it does in your head you know it would have been like two 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 but now I'm gonna for like three months I'm gonna have that so yeah she was oh, a little bit earlier than she was she was a troublemaker she still is but still <laughs> third kids man you never know what you're gonna get you never know <laughs> no, for okay sure. so you used to be an insurance agent this is so fascinating to me so how did you take the dive into uh doing what you do now with helping people declutter their homes so that was just personal experience honestly um I you know I kept, was like okay cool I'll be a stay-at-home mom for the and I'll be home all the time I'll have all this time you know I'll create these cleaning schedules and I'll have all this stuff all figured out you know instead of just kind of doing things when I had the time before so I was all excited about that and that never happened you know like it was just you know every day just happened and we just kept going and it just we never create I never created anything like that so then um with my third daughter I was on bed rest for probably I think it was at least six out of six months that I was on bed rest with two toddlers then. Um, it was, it was a very adventurous. Um, so not a lot got done. <laughs> um, and then when she became, she came early and after that, I really struggled. I don't, I didn't realize at the time how much I was struggling. Cause in my head, you know, I was going to be the mom with the three kids and we were going to do all the things. And, and instead I had a preemie and I had these two toddlers and it was just like, overwhelming to me. And we were barely like, I was like, how are we supposed to, how am I supposed to be the great mom? And how am I supposed to keep my house clean and organized and all this stuff? And so it was just every day, day to day we survived. And, you know, I was scared to go out and do all these things with them because it was a thread in the three kids. And I'd have to come back to a messy house. And it was just a lot of things that now I realize. I mean, I knew I was struggling with like anxiety and depression and stuff like that, but I didn't realize how bad it was until, you know, until you kind of come out of it a little bit. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Absolutely. Um, so, and then, um, it was actually not until last year in November and December, I started like, um, started like decluttering. I was following some accounts on Instagram and I was like, Oh wow, they have such nice houses there, you know? And then one day it like clicked, it took forever, but it clicked. I was like, you could do that. Like you could get rid of the stuff in your house. You don't have to have this stuff. And it was like, it was kind of like, oh my goodness. Like I don't have to just watch and be envious of other people not having stuff. I can get rid of my own stuff. So I just started and I'm kind of one of those all or nothing people. So once I started something in my head, my husband's pretty chill. Like he, you know, he's like, well, whatever you want to do, you know, just don't touch my stuff. And I was like, okay. So I just started with, you know, my, you know, I think I started mostly with toys and then in our living room with decor, um, like visual, I had never realized that visual clutter affected me so much. And I was one of those people where people gave me something and I put it up because they gave it to me and I wasn't going to go spend money buying my own stuff. So I knew our house never felt put together, but I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. And so, but once I started like decluttering, I just started pulling everything off the walls, like leaving them blank. And it was like very eye to me. Oh my goodness. Like I didn't need to put all those little tiny word signs up all over my house. And like, I don't know. It just, it was very, I don't know how to explain it. It was just crazy how it all just kind of tumbled over each other. And in December, we just started, I started um, taking bags of things out. And within a few like days or maybe weeks, it felt, I loved my house. Like I was like, oh my word, I could breathe again. And it was it was a really big um, eye opener for me that literally it was just the stuff that we didn't need that I was taking care of that was causing so much of this stress and all those toys they were dumping out that they weren't even playing with. And then we'd have to all pick up and then they would get frustrated because I want them to help me pick up, but they wouldn't know where they went. And we would just end up throwing them all together. And it was, it was very just to see as we slowly got rid of stuff. And I did it in phases. Like, I did the first, I did my whole house, except for like the attic or stink, things like that, my husband's stuff. And then I just started slowly like going through it again. And I would say I did, I got, I finished the whole house probably in January, February, like just finally got it. And that was when I started 
that was when I started having like realizing that I had all this extra time because cleaning was like easy now because I didn't have to move all these decorations that I didn't even like off of my surfaces. We got rid of a lot of furniture that was just there because someone had given to us or we had bought and I didn't even like anymore. And I sold a lot. Once I decluttered a lot of the junk, I also sold a lot of that furniture on Facebook Marketplace. And then I just turned that money around to buy things that actually matched and were cohesive and that we actually needed. So it was, it was kind of a, it was like an experiment, a project. And so, um, sorry for this, this part is taking so long, but the de- do not the- apologize. <laughs> this is what we're here for. Give it to the people. Like, I love it's like it. It's such a long story. No, don't rush through so, it. I love it. Um, so the, de- so I started de- doing DIYs, which for me was crazy because it was like, I actually had the mental capacity to think, learn things. And I've always loved to learn things. I'm, I'm a researcher. I like to figure everything out. But for DIY, it was like hand, hands-on things. And so I would be like, okay, I just went and grabbed my husband's tools. And he closed his eyes because he's a rule follower and he has to do it the correct way. And I'm just like, let's see what happens, you know? <laughs> so I was like started, I made like um, a bench for our kitchen. And I, when I sold our a shoe, our shoe thing, and I started making um, drywall art for, I just took some of my old pictures and I was like doing this. It was so much fun. And that's when I actually started, I created the, my Instagram because I started posting things like that on there, like trying to just see as our house changed, I actually started loving our house and wanting to show off our house, you know? So it was as simple as painting some frames so that they all were cohesive and matched. I created a frame for my TV, like a DIY frame, like, and you know, it, that was like one of my favorite projects ever. Um, different things like that. And as, as I was creating, doing the Instagram Obviously, cluttering was a huge part of it, and decluttering was, like, the reason that I was even able to do that. And so I started sharing more of that. And as that, as I started sharing more of that, and people would, you know, they would message me and be like, oh, thank you so much for that. That helped me. I didn't even realize that. And it clicked one day. It was like, okay, you learned this from somebody, and you, yes, people are sh- teaching this all over the place, but just if you don't see it from somebody, then you're never, it's never going to really click for you. And so... I was like, wow, I should just share more of my story. You know, at first it was a little kind of humbling because, you know, this is what our house used to look like. And I don't actually have as many pictures as I probably should because I was embarrassed sometimes at how big of a mess it was. And so I didn't take pictures. And as I was decluttering, I didn't even think to take before and after pictures because at that point I was just wanting to get it done. So, um, but yeah, sometimes it was a little bit humbling at first sharing that, but there were so many people that were like, thank you for sharing that and you're helping me. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is, this, this is something that I could, I would really enjoy doing. And so that's honestly where the um, decluttering part of my Instagram came because I genuinely know there are other people out there that were where I were even a year ago that were struggling, are struggling because they think there's no way they can maintain their house. There's no way they can do that. And is my house perfect? Absolutely not. It's, is it clean all the time? Definitely not but it's not overwhelming anymore. I know I can clean this. I know that I can keep up with it. And I actually enjoy being in my home. And in turn, that makes us do other things. Like this summer with the girls, I was like, I, instead of people making plans and me going, "Eh, I can't do that. I know talking myself out of it. I would be like, yeah, let's drop everything. Let's go. Because even if the house wasn't picked up, I knew it'd be easy to pick up when we came home. And those kind of things made me more adventurous, I guess you would say. Like literally having a manageable home makes me more adventurous, which is kind of a crazy thing to think of, but that's just, no, that makes perfect sense. (laughs) It really does. Cause I feel the same way. I am much more able to do spur of the moment things exactly. Like you said, you can just kind of drop it and go and it's not hanging over your head. I think that's the big difference is like before it, everything at home hangs over your head. So you, you don't want to leave cause you need to do it at home. And, and it's, it it just, and so many people are like, well, your kids won't care if your house is clean, which I don't necessarily agree with that but also they all yes they might not care if the house is picked up but if I'm out with them and my brain is only thinking of my to-do list and thinking of oh I have to do this and I have to do this and I don't want to go home and just deal with that I'm not going to be as present or as happy as I should be which I'm not saying that's right or wrong but it's just how it affected me and so this is makes me a better mother in a way just because I have 
less things that are weighing on my head the whole time that I'm with them. So that's yeah. huge for me. Your spirit is just lighter. You're yes, just, you have sure. more space in your brain. I mean, oh, and, definitely. And you, we need that when we yeah, have three children sure. or any children. You need no, that literally, less I was space. like, when I started decluttering it, it was like my brain felt clearer. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, that's not even possible, is it? Like, I, and I have energy and I didn't want to just go hide during, if, if they actually took naps, I didn't want to just go hide and pretend nothing was happening. Now I actually was like, oh, let me go do this project or let me, you know, actually spend time creating stuff for Instagram. I have that. It's a hobby that I have because I have the energy to do things now. So isn't that crazy? I feel the exact same way. Like, I think there's like that hit of productivity and satisfaction that comes with decluttering specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, like you said, it's just that brain space and that um, excitement and you you see the results and you just feel so empowered and ready to kind of take on the next thing. I totally understand that. And it's interesting hearing you talk and share your story because it resonates so deeply with me, like a couple of things that you said about even looking at other people's homes on Instagram and then realizing, oh, I'm envious because I want that. Like I can Mm -hmm. do that. It reminds me, I, someone once said, and I don't know who, and I wish I could reference them, but said, uh, like envy is an arrow. It points to what you want. So if you're Mm -hmm. feeling jealous or envious of someone, it's because that is the direction you should be going, you know? And so I just thought that was really uh, kind of profound when I heard that. And it makes perfect sense that you realized, oh, the reason I'm feeling this way is because I can do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the other piece of the story too, that is so common, uh, is the fact that decluttering comes from a place of, um, like of mental health of a really a tough time, a dark time. And it is kind of a piece that you can control, uh, and it can help you, get out of that dark place. That absolutely was the Mm -hmm. case for me. Um, I've always kind of loved organization and, uh, you know, I, I kind of dabbled in decluttering or whatever, but when I moved here to Florida, um, is when I had a really hard year, we moved here from Alaska and Mm. I am a cold weather mountain (laughs) kind of person, not Florida, (laughs) not Florida. And we showed up like in July, you know, and it was a dramatic or entrance into this. Oh my goodness. I can't Um, imagine. Yeah, it was funny. Actually, this is a great story. Side note, my my son, my oldest was, gosh, if he's five now, he was four when we moved here. And he went outside and was like, Mommy, why is my face wet? And I was like, that's called sweat. Like, <laughs> that's oh how I know. So like our bodies were not acclimated and I was not mentally prepared for this. Yeah. And so anyways, it was a tough year on many levels, not just the weather. And so that is when similar to you, you know, I just started uh, following certain accounts and realizing, okay, this might be a path toward um, a healthier mind, you know, Mm -hmm. and it really has been. And that is the, I love hearing this, that this is what inspired you to share online because it's the same for me. And we can look around and say, there's a million people doing this, but our spheres of influence are also Mm -hmm. different, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's Mm -hmm. so many people that have started listening to the podcast and are like, Oh, thank you so much for talking about this. And they don't know that there are other people talking about it. And if I hadn't, they might not never might not never they might not have ever (laughs) found this kind of circle online so I'm just grateful to have people like you who say you know what there is space for all of us and my story and my voice is and everyone's story is different and we're not saying okay decluttering is going to cure all issues but it's a it gives you the opportunity to have more mental space to work on things so there's a lot of things that people, they do need more help, but they can't even get past certain things. And the decluttering, it kind of, like you said, it opens up like little more space, mental space. And that for me was really important because I needed all of that, that I could get. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So, um, I'm curious because you said you did yours kind of in one fell swoop, which mm-hmm. I love. I think that once you get on a roll, it's easier to keep going. And I know that doesn't work for everyone. And, mm-hmm. um, there are little pockets of time you can do that add up. You know, one of the mm-hmm. major reels that has gone viral for you recently has been, you pointed out that if you declutter, 15 minutes a day, then at the end of a month, that's seven and a half hours of decluttering, which is a lot Um, of hours. Like who sits there? I mean, some people do, but seven and a half hours, most moms don't have seven and a half hours to do that. No, no, not unless you want to pay a thousand dollars for a babysitter. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's actually really cool that you went all in and you just went for it. And it doesn't mean that you had 
way more time, obviously, than any other mom, but you found these pockets of time and you were Mm -hmm. consistent enough that it only took a couple of months because of that consistency. Um, I'm curious, though, because you dove in headfirst, what did you do with with those emotions when you're like someone gave this to me or I spent money on it um, and you're taking it off your wall, recognizing it's not serving you? Did you have to strengthen that decluttering muscle? Did it get easier with time? Definitely easier with time. I'm also not a very sentimental person. So that I think helps a lot. I know a lot of people struggle with that. Um, I, I mean, I am sentimental in some ways, but for me, okay. So a lot of the things that I had were more like hand-me-downs kind of thing. So in my head, it was like, all right, first of all, this person never comes to my house. That was more my thinking kind of thing, you know, like, are they going to be like upset about that? Um, but another thing is too, if someone gave me something and I had to learn this too, is if, if someone gives you something, it's yours. So if they're going to be upset because you don't have it anymore, that's not on you. You know what I mean? And and that's one thing I think a lot of people struggle with is, well, you know, so especially like in-laws or, or your parents, they give, you know, all your kids things and stuff like that. But to a certain extent, especially if you've already voiced that you have enough or you don't want something – they, they gave it to you that it is yours to, to do what you need to do with. So, and I'm not saying, okay, someone give me this expensive gift. I'm just going to toss it. But you know what I mean? You have to use that mental space is you keeping something because you're worried about hurting someone else when, I don't know. I don't know how, how to say that in a, in a nicer way, but it, it's not, it's not, you don't have to keep that and cause more work and worry for yourself. And so that was one thing that I did get, had to like work on that one a lot. Um, Sentimental things. I actually, it's funny because I still have sentimental things, obviously, but I have a, one thing that I I work on is boundaries. So I have a tote. It's like one of those flat totes. It's about like this long and I go through it. Um, and I went through it and I was like, okay, well, all these things, they bring up memories. Like I don't think about them all the time. I'm not going to display them anywhere, but they're like little memories from like my childhood and on. And I was like, all right, as long as it fits in this tote, I don't need more than that. And there's no problem. I can store this tote wherever I need to store it. I have the storage space. It's not taking up room. So that was kind of for me a setting boundaries. Like I'm not going to keep a whole room of stuff that I don't need and waste storage space that I need. But I did allow myself to keep certain things and um, that I that I think like I want to show my kids someday or even when I'm like 80, I like to look back and be like, oh yeah, I would never have remembered that. You know that kind of thing. Um, but then there were other things like okay, so our wedding, we didn't have people sign a guest book we signed a, like a canvas, which was really cool, whatever. Um, and that was supposed to like hang in our house. Well, I wasn't going to hang it in our house anymore. And so I was like, all right, I'm tossing this. I'll take a picture and I'm tossing this. And my husband was like, you can't do that. And I was like, okay. So I put it back in the attic and it was like four or five months later. And you know, of course we hadn't touched it or anything. And I was like, Hey, so he's like, whatever, you know, <laughs> one of those kind of things. But I think it was one of those things. Oh, you can't do that. Like we, but what are we going to do with it? You know, like there was no way I was going to display that anymore. And I had a picture of it so I could see everybody's signatures and stuff like that. So th- things like that, I was, you can, like, I talked myself through it, but also there was, like I said, so we didn't throw that out right away for my husband. That was something that he don't want to do. I like to set things aside if I'm not sure about it. Like it doesn't stop me from decluttering and it didn't stop me. And again, the first time through was my, like, made my house less overwhelming. And then I've gone through probably at least three more times, um, just slowly, you know, cause you, I, I do it, you know, daily, whatever, but slowly and each time I've decluttered more things and been like, okay, I haven't touched that since last time, but that big, that big declutter, there were a couple things where I wasn't sure. So I was just like, maybe I made a mental note or I put them somewhere like in storage. And I was like, all right, if I come back to this in a few months and I haven't touched this or even thought about this, probably don't need that. That was actually just recently I went through our closet again and there was a pair of shoes still in the box that my husband was and I were on the prices right um, right after we got married. So, which was a cool experience. Um, he went up there, he won some prizes and one of those pairs was a pair of sneakers and they were like a nice brand sneakers, obviously. And they'd been sitting in my closet and I'd never worn them. And I kept thinking, well, I will wear these, but I never wore them. And finally I was like, you know, I don't need these anymore. And we tried to sell them before and no one wanted them. So that tells you, (laughs) but 
And so I was like, all right, I'm going to donate these. But it did take me what well, I've been, I've had decluttered my home for the first time for almost a year ago. It did take me that long with multiple times going through and saying, mm, before I actually did it. So you don't have to be perfect. I think that's my, my biggest thing to people is they get hung up on having to do it all correctly and right then. And that's not even because you change too and everyone changes. And so what was good for me last year isn't, it's going to be different now. So you trying to be perfect, it's just going to be, it's not going to matter anyway. So exactly. Oh, the amount of times that I've decluttered my closet and I'm like, oh, I didn't want to get rid of that the last time I decluttered my closet, but I do this time, right? Like we Because I haven't touched that and yes, exactly. Haven't touched it or it just doesn't speak to me in the same way, you know, all of yep. that. And um, and that's so reasonable. I love that you have that boundary of the tote under the bed, like, or wherever you keep it, you know, to say, I, I'm not, you're not saying don't keep anything that brings you yeah, memories, yeah, you yeah. know, but don't keep all of it either. You can exactly, make Exactly. Can make like you don't choices. like my husband just actually, it's funny because he, he's better. He's complete. He loved the house when I started decluttering it. He was like, Oh my word, this is so much easier, especially picking up with toys. He works from home. So he would see the messes and then he'd be, you know, after work, he'd be like, all right, let's all help. He'd help pick up and stuff. And so now it's like so easy. And even still now we kind of joke because you know, it will get messy. And then within 15 minutes, I'll have it all cleaned up and I'll look at them like, what did I forget to do? Because how did that get cleaned up so fast? And it's still like crazy to us. Um, but his stuff, what took a little longer, obviously, you know, he's a little more sentimental than I am too. So we went through his clothes first and kept anything that he wanted. And then we did it again. And like by the third time he was like, all right, let's just get rid of everything, you know? And now that um, I'm caught up with things too, like laundry and stuff like that, his shirts are always in his drawers. He's, he doesn't need a bunch of short shirts because they're not sitting in baskets in the bedroom anymore. All those kind of things, you know? And so like people struggle because they want their husbands to be on board right away. I feel like sometimes, like I talk to other um, wives and that's not necessarily gonna happen. And it might never happen, but a lot of the time, if you lead by example and they see the difference and then you just say, Hey, do you want to go through your stuff? I'll go with you and kind of like lead. I think sometimes it's easier for them to follow along. And now like today he was had a few, he was like not busy and he was like, I'm just going to declutter my desk. And he decluttered his desk and which was like, okay, yeah, that's great. And he's been working on the basement, which is his territory. And the other day he said, um, hopefully I'm not telling him, but he came up to me and he was like, I have all this, he had all this stuff saved for if someday we had a house and he had a man cave. And he was like, I think I'm just going to toss all that stuff. He's like, I'm not really into it. He goes, and if we do ever have a house and I have a man cave, I'm going to want it really minimal. I was like, yes. Wow. <laughs> so look at that. Just, it was like, it's like little, like little bits of things, you know, you just, it, it was really cool to me that he said that. And then, and that's what he's really enjoying it. He's like, it's so much nicer down there. And he's like putting shelves up and organizing it which we never had the time to do. And now he's just making, he's setting aside a half an hour um, every night or so after the kids go to bed, I'm doing my thing. And he goes down there and it's just it's the time for half an hour. And so that's another proof that you don't need a lot of stuff just to make project uh, progress. If you're always putting off doing it because you don't have the time, you're never going to do it. But if you yes. just set, set like 15 minutes, 30 minutes and just keep doing it consistently, it will add up. So Absolutely. My husband is similar and he was very, very sentimental, like to a slightly hoardy level when we first met. <laughs> and it's taken him a long time. Like you said, like leading by example and not pressuring them and not being uh, not understanding. You know, um, I actually have a mini series coming up called Pairing Down Romantic Relationships as we kind of head into <laughs> Uh, Valentine's Day and he's going to come on the podcast and share what his experience has been like uh, in his decluttering journey oh, that's having, really cool. you know been kind of pushed along by me gently <laughs> yes, sometimes. Right? Most, mostly gently I Let will that. say I have to confess <laughs> because my husband will bring this up but um, one time we were I was decluttering stuff and he had a pair of really old Yankee socks and me not even thinking about it, like really genuinely not, like, oh, these are really old. We already went through all of his socks. It's not a problem. His socks all match except for this pair. Just toss it in the trash can. And I didn't toss it in the big trash can downstairs. Back then we had one in our bedroom, which we don't anymore, but I, I just tossed it there. So he was going to see it. It wasn't like I was hiding it. Let's just be there. He still dis disagrees with that a little bit. And he was like, you're throwing out all my stuff. And I genuinely to this day did not think that. 
But that was a really big eye opener to me. Like, oh no, no, like you do not like, just because you think something is not important doesn't mean they don't think something is important. So it was obviously we're good now, but it was just one of those things. He was like, you're going to throw out all my stuff. So now for, for like a few weeks after that, he's like, so what'd you throw out of mine today? And I was like, no, I promise I'm not throwing out your stuff. <laughs> you know what? That, okay. First of all, I've had that exact same moment with my own husband. So, you know, we all kind of learn the hard way that maybe we need to be more respectful when we get into our like decluttering zone. Yes. But this is the perfect segue into kids too, because I do feel like my oldest who's five he, I mean, maybe it's just his personality, but I do feel like he struggles more with decluttering. And I think that's because I was not as like, uh, intentional about including him. When I started my decluttering journey, he was the one that was old enough to kind of know his stuff. And mm -hmm. I didn't think he was old enough to care or, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I was like, you didn't play with that anyway, buddy, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. I didn't include him as much as I should have now in retrospect. And so now he's, he holds on to his stuff even more. Mm. I think I've kind of scared him a little bit, you know? <laughs> and so I've like made promises since then, like, Hey bud, I'm not going to get rid of any of your stuff without talking to you first. Like I made a mistake in the past. I'm so sorry, you know, that I didn't include you and these are your belongings, but you know, I do want to help you uh, figure out what's important to keep because we don't have space for everything. But I promise to keep you part of the process so you can make those choices. And so I have those conversations with him, but it's still harder for him mm -hmm. to get rid of things. And so it's funny that that kind of approach can backfire on us, whether it's our partner or it's our kids. Um, but speaking of kids, so one of the things that I wanted to kind of talk with you about was this idea that minimalism, owning less, decluttering is selfish or kind of sad for kids, right? And I think there's a lot of people that have that mindset. Yes. So you have a two, three, and five-year-old. What do you tell them about decluttering? What have you shared with them? So, I mean, obviously they've seen the whole process and everything like that. Um, my five-year-old is similar to yours where I think it's a personality thing too, where it, her stuff is important to her. Um, when I first started decluttering, especially with the toys, I would do it when they were in bed. Um, so kind of like you said, um, but I didn't, I didn't throw it out. Um, mostly because I was also nervous. Like, what if we need these toys, you know? So I actually put things, I literally had like two full totes of toys and I would put them in the attic. And then if they asked for anything, my thought was then I would be able to get that toy for them. And surprisingly, so I kind of watched what they played with first. So I put, didn't put any toys away that they played with. Um, a lot of the toys that I got, ended up getting rid of in the long run were like the electronic toys that were like the one use toys and that made the flashing lights. They would pick up, they would turn on and then they wouldn't touch, but they would leave out when we have to pick up over and over and over. And um, so they ended up asking only one time for one thing. And I went and got it, which they still play with every single day. That one toy, I just misjudged that. So, um, and after like three or four months, I did um, get rid of the ones that were in the attic. Now, once I had pared it down to smaller, I started talking with them and I was like, okay, we're going to go through your toys. And, you know, we're just going to see your, your, I have cubes for our toys, like cube storage. And so those are also kind of like our boundaries. And so once they start getting too overflowing or whatever, you know, they get toys given to them or everything like that. I'll be like, all right, it's time to go through these. And the last time my oldest did, I, I included her with everything and she struggled for a little bit, but I was like, all right, we will not throw anything out that you or donate anything that you don't want. I said, however, every single one of these toys that you have, you have to pick up. So think about that. I said, and then when we, and then also I said, and we can give these toys to kids that don't need, that don't have toys. That was another one to do it. And she's one of those really giving, like she wants, she loves everybody, people. So that was helpful for her too. And um, there was one, she was really good. So I let her pick out toys that she wanted to like donate. And we like started putting them in there. And there was this one thing that I knew she didn't play with. That was like those magnet dolls and their pieces were always everywhere. And she was like, oh no, you can't get rid of that. And I was like, okay. I said, are you sure? Cause you don't play this. She's like, no, you can't. I said, all right, I'm going to leave it out. And we're going to see how often you play with it for the next few days. She didn't even touch it once. Now my youngest threw them all over the place, but she didn't touch it once. So of course we ended up finally getting rid of it, but it was kind of good for me to like, just kind of let her kind of lead in a way, but not, it was only after I had made it 
all the little useless toys. Like people, I, for, for me, I feel like all those little toys, if you have a ton of toys that your kids don't even know that they even have, it's overwhelming for you. It's going to be overwhelming for them to go through it. So for me, I liked the approach of hiding them and seeing if they missed anything and then going, and then once we did go through the toys again, because we keep decluttering, that's when I bring them over because it's a lot less overwhelming. It only takes a few minutes to go through everything and see, okay, you now have 15 stuffed animals. Do you really need all 15 stuffed animals? And they're going to gravitate towards certain ones anyway. So it's a little bit easier to be like, oh, you know what? I probably don't need this one, especially um, my three-year-old's a little bit easier to do. She'll just be like, no, I don't need this. Or she will be obsessed with one. And it's kind of easy for her to tell and just be like black and white. So yes, it's been a very big, <laughs> so it's very, it's very interesting to see the different personalities, but also I will say, uh, recently my oldest was picking up. So we, we, we have like set times in the day where we all just kind of pick up everything and we set timers and we're picking up and she's like, Oh, this is taking forever. I think we need to declutter again. And I was like, yes. <laughs> See, those are the things that they, I mean, kids are sponges, right? So if you start yes. pointing these things out, they get it. And I think that advice is so sound because that you said about, um, about how when you did your first big declutter, you did do that without them around and you set it aside and waited. And I think that was a much wiser approach than me who was like, <laughs> be gone. I don't even think it was me really thinking it through. It was just me being nervous that what if, and then it, it worked out really well. So yes, no, that's a great approach. But because I think people, a lot of people who are at the beginning of their decluttering journey, they hear this advice to in, include your children, your young children, especially mm -hmm. include them. And, and they're like, how am I supposed to include them? Because they have so much stuff. Yeah. And I think it does make sense that that first big declutter, like go ahead and do it, set it aside, like you said, and, and wait to see if there's anything that they ask for and just bring those specific items back out. Don't be like, and what about this one? Did you notice yeah. this was missing? Well, that's like, the thing too, because them. every kid, every kid is going to see these toys. If you pull these toys out and you're like, um, you know, which ones do you want? Even if they never play with them, they're all some going to love them. It's just exactly. automatically what's going to happen, but they're only going to love them for a few minutes until they make a mess and they walk away again. So that was kind of my thinking was like, all right, let's just, just the ones that they asked for. Yeah. Yes. Out of sight, out of mind is brilliant for kids. But so I mean, it works for us too. <laughs> oh, same. Yes, exactly. Yes, and yes. so get that first big declutter done yourself. Um, and then you can start including them because like you said, when you're down to, I mean, it's funny as, as moms of kids, 15 stuffies is not a lot. We know that, you know, <laughs> and they know each of those 15 stuffies. It might yes. sound like a lot to people without children, but it is a, yes. not that many. Oh, and, I, so, and I was the person that hates stuffed animals and swore I'd never have any, but Hello. <laughs> right. Or for my we have a cube and if they fit in the cube, <laughs> then they, they can keep them. Yeah. And yep, my two year old, yep, he's yep. into his thing is uh, cars. So like, you know, rolling cars, whether they're hot wheels or little trucks, he can roll around and he has his cube too. And he, once we, once we've pared down, once I did that major pare down, um, they then get attached to each one of these trucks or not mm -hmm. it attached to each mm -hmm. one of each one of the stuffed animals or not they know each one intimately enough to be part of the decluttering process mm -hmm. but when there's so much that they are not intimately involved with and it's just oh, yeah. clutter everywhere they can't make those decisions but they yes. can make those decisions once it has been pared down at least a little bit so i do think that that because even they process. know they're smart enough to know oh wait i actually do play with this and i do love this and reverse it's like oh it's there so i touch it sometimes but otherwise you know and everyone leans towards we lean toward our favorite things the kids are going to do that too so yeah and it's so important to ask them why you know I did this even yesterday we were decluttering my five-year-old's bedroom and I wanted to get rid of these number blocks I don't know if you know what those are but they're these oh, teeny tiny cubes <laughs> I don't I, we don't have them physically but we do watch number blocks so okay so I got them <laughs> thinking I want my kids to be into the show number blocks because it's educational <laughs> and unfortunately it never <laughs> stuck with them and so I had these number blocks in in person that didn't even matter because they never watched the show um, but anyways they're all these little cubes that can like you know you can count and they stick together and um my my son like has kept them in his room and they're always out and about no matter how many times we clean them up they come back out and I'm like what are you doing with these you don't even really know what they are but I've kept them because they seem to constantly be used and finally I was so tired of just always cleaning them up because any of those you know building things they're great but they're also just the worst to clean up any if it's mm -hmm. duplos, magnet tiles mm -hmm. legos all that and um oh, yeah so as we were doing that yesterday, I said, hey, buddy, um, I, I would like to suggest getting rid of these 
number blocks. And he goes, no, you can't get rid of the number blocks. And immediately I wanted to, my reaction to be like, why? Like, they're just a mess yeah. everywhere, buddy, right? But instead of that kind of a why, I force myself to take a deep breath and be like, hey, bud, calm down. You know I'm not going to get rid of them without you. But can you share with me what you like to do with them? Like, what do you like to do with these? And he said that he likes to... <laughs> This is a reason why we did end up getting rid of them. He likes to go to the top of his bed and he has like these holes in his um, in his bunk bed. And he said it's fun to put them through the holes and watch them drop to the ground. So he was, in fact, using them using just them. to make a mess, you know, just to make a mess. Um, and and then he also said, and I have this skateboard. There's this like little finger skateboard where you can put a number block on it and stack and make this big tower on the skateboard that you move with your finger. He was like, and I really like using the skateboard. And I said, okay, well, but I think the skateboard sounds really cool. Um, when you're putting things out of your bed, why you can do that with stuffies. Mm -hmm. You know, you can even do that with Lincoln logs if you want to hear something crash to the ground, <laughs> you know, but that's really just making a mess. That's not using the toy, how it's supposed to be used. What if we just keep the green ones so you can put the green ones on the, on the skateboard and then the rest we can donate to someone else who might want to use them correctly. And he was like, yes, he was so excited. He got to keep his favorite color. You know, he's obsessed with green, anything green. And so I think a lot of times we think it's all or nothing, or we don't talk to our kids and figure out why, why that's important to them. Because yeah. I didn't know, I saw this little skateboard thing around his room too, thinking like, this is just junk. And I didn't yeah. realize that actually something he loves. That was what you know? he likes. So, yeah. But it was cool yeah. that you asked him because he actually, and he knew how to tell you what, what he was actually using them for. So it makes sense to both of you. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I'm curious, what would you say to someone who says minimalism for kids is sad? That's just taking away the joy of their childhood and it's selfish on your behalf. Like, what would you say to that? Person? I think it's the opposite. Honestly, um, my kids have, since we have minimized the toys, they play so much better. Um, it's so cool to see them play because they use their imaginations more. And it's funny because people can say, oh, well, they have to because they don't have the toys. No, but they use their toys that they have to create things and do things instead of, I feel like sometimes, I mean, we get overwhelmed with decision fatigue. Okay. So we have all this stuff and we can't decide. I'm really bad at deciding on things, which is one of the reasons that I have a minimal home is because I I hate having to decide. So now I don't have to. Um, but if you have so many toys, you can't even decide what to play with. You're not going to play. You're going to make messes and then you're going to leave them and you're going to get overwhelmed and you're not going to, like you said, you get, don't get to know your toys because you there's too much to actually figure out and find. So I think for my kids especially is they have their toys and I have seen them gravitate towards things, magnetiles. Magnetiles are a huge thing and they can create towers. They can create, they create paths through the house and they step on them. They, you know, they use them for magnifying glasses. It's so cute, but they have created all these different games that they play together. And, and then also kitchen set, kitchen set stuff. They can play house, they can play restaurant. They do all these things that they would not have done because they had all this other stuff that would just, you know, be everywhere. And they often like to play in the rooms. So that was one thing I made a real once about how we don't keep toys in um, our girl's bedroom. And we, I, I don't like having to have to clean that up, but it doesn't mean they're not allowed to bring toys in their bedroom or play in there. So I'm like, well, I'm so, it's so sad that they don't even, I would always have to play alone and they can't do that. I was like, they can play wherever they want. We just don't store the toys there. So anyway, that was another thing. But they play, they create these um, with our couch cushions. They make these huge forts and they use their stuffed animals to have all these things. And it's so neat to see their imaginations work where I don't feel like they would, they would just be, you know, they'd throw their, throw their stuff all over and then they'd be like, can we watch something? Which let's get straight. They still say, can we watch something? But they, they, they play and I'll be like, nope, we're turning the TV off, go do something. And they will create these huge things and that, that I don't remember them doing before. Maybe it's because I was too stressed out picking everything up. I don't know. But it's just really cool to see for me that they're, it, I feel like they're much, they're much happier. And again, picking up, like no kid likes to pick up, but that's part when you're part of the family, you, you're we train them that you, you pick up with us. If you make the mess, you get to help us clean it up. We're going to help you. Um, and we're going to show you, but you can help us. And that's one thing, like it doesn't take that long and it's quick and easy and they get to move on and do something else after that, instead of spending, you know, who knows how long where we all get frustrated with each other and stuff like that. So I think that 
it's been a huge benefit and I do not think it's a sad beige. And also you don't have to have it be sad beige childhood. Like people can like color and still be minimal. I think people often get that confused with the minimal aesthetic versus the being minimal. And I, I prefer both personally. I like my, I like less color. I do enjoy color, but less, but my girl's room has a rainbow painted on the wall. Okay. That's not sad beige. All right. So, and then there's like, you don't have to have a boring childhood if you don't, I mean, they have toys. You know, when we say we're minimizing toys, we're not saying, Oh, you don't have any toys. Like you have toys. They just don't have mountains of toys that they can't even go through. So I don't know exactly. if that's, that would be my answer. I think a lot of words, but how I feel about it. That's a it. great answer. No, it's so, it's so good. And something that busy toddler, uh, the Instagram account posted about recently that I so appreciated was like, let's not villainize toys because the toys themselves are supposed to be tools to help our children play and to grow their imagination and to figure out what they like and their fine motor skills and all of those things. Toys are not bad. It's just when there's too many of them, they lose Mm -hmm. that ability to actually help our kids because Mm Like you said, the kids, they can't, uh, they don't have the, the mental space to be able to use those toys imaginatively because there's just too much going on around them, too many choices, like you said, decision fatigue and all of that. And um, and so I'm with you. Our, our son does have some toys in his room mostly because uh, they have to be the ones that our two-year-old won't get into. You know what I mean? That he yes. wants to use. We haven't, that we, age we haven't yet gotten Legos and I know we're really close. And I'm just like, okay, this is going to be interesting. But yes, I, it I, mean, is. I know, I know I'm like my five-year-old's like, was to ask him up the other day and I was like, yeah, I think we're reaching that stage. <laughs> right, right. Or like he has a lot of, um, I let him keep some arts and crafts stuff in there because after school every day, uh, all my kids do either nap or quiet time. So our two-year-old still naps, our three-year-old sometimes naps, sometimes does quiet time. And Anders, our five-year-old does quiet time, which means he's in his room for 90 minutes by himself. And so um, we have some puzzles in there, but a lot of arts and crafts stuff like scissors and that kind of thing that I can trust him with now, uh, which, you know, that takes some time. I just to found a chunk of hair in my wall. I was cleaning today. So that was no! fun. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, my three-year-old like, has definitely tried to cut her hair off. Well, I mean, my three-year-old and five-year-old are great with scissors. Normally we've had fairly little issues, but I found a chunk of hair and it was like, I went over to my five-year-old and I was like, what is this? She's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, can you just show me where it is? Oh my gosh. No. My, actually my two-year-old has long hair. He has a man bun. It's like my favorite thing in the world. Um, so that could get cut off. But anyway, the point is, is that there oh, are things in there. Jinx you. No, I know. Right. I'm going to like come out of this and my husband's going to be like, so this thing happened. <laughs> But anyway, so Anders has a few things in his room, but Josephine, my three-year-old, doesn't, but she does stay up during quiet time. So what do we do? I ask her, do you want magnetiles, duplos, or wooden train for quiet time? And she'll choose one. It's been magnetiles mostly, like recently. And I take that that, uh, cube from the playroom into her bedroom, and that's what she plays with during quiet time and her little animals and I love looking on the monitor and she has these little conversations between her tiger and her bear and, and then she builds them a house and then it they crash like into it. my three-year-old. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. It's crazy. But because, right. But because like, A, it's not always in her room. So it does make her excited that each time she gets to choose what she has in her room for mm-hmm. playtime. But like you said, just because our children's rooms are minimal um, doesn't mean that they don't get to play in there or mm-hmm. they're not special spaces for them. Right. So yes, for sure. I for sure. completely And instead of having to like trip over everything to get into bed their floors are fairly clean usually like I mean the worst that can happen is some clothes get out there but that's not a big deal because everyone knows where they go so makes it much easier exactly okay so why do you think parents in general are so prone to wanting more 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 for their kids I feel like a lot of it has to do with marketing like you're not a good parent unless you buy this you need this it starts I mean Let's be honest, it starts when we have newborns that won't sleep and every single product is guaranteed to convince you. And I have totally fallen in that trap and my two-year-old still doesn't sleep. So let's just put that out there. <laughs> um, but but so but seriously, you don't um, – I had someone ask me recently, which I'm kind of working on, is um, what what do you need as for, for your newborn? I don't want to have a kid because I don't want to have all that stuff. You don't need all that stuff. But you are literally conditioned to think that you need all of that thing. Like you need – um, you need a swing and you need a bouncer and you need this and you need that and you need 15 outfits and you need um, the outfit that has all the little tiny pieces and like 
you don't need any of that. Like, and so I think, um, and as the kids get older, I definitely fell into this trap of, as my daughters got a little bit older, was like, okay, well, they need this electronic toy because this will teach them their letters. And we need this right here because it helps their brain. And we need all these open-ended toys, which I'm totally for. And we have tons of them, but my kids don't be smart enough if they don't have all of these toys. And then while we're at it, we need to get them all the, you know, and it, and then they, they go out and they get the magazines and they say, Oh, but I want this mom. And you think, well, I'm going to be the cool mom and I'm going to get them that because, and it just builds up. And also I find too, a lot of times, um, people give you things. And at least this happened for me is I had a lot of hand-me-downs, which I'm super blessed for when it came to toys, because they were hand-me-downs, I would say yes. There was no, in my head, it was never of, Oh no, we don't need that. It was, Oh yes, thank you. And then you would keep it but we didn't need it. And then that adds up after a while. So once I decluttered and me became more intentional, intentional and I could see, oh wait, I would really like that, but we don't need that and we have no place for that. Saying no is like, oh, I can say no to this. That, But you don't think that, especially when you don't have a lot of money and you're just like, oh, my kid will take that and I'm gonna take this. And I think that that men mentality definitely uh, affects parents a lot is we're depriving our kids if they don't have everything and realizing that maybe we didn't have everything when we were younger and do we feel deprived? I mean, obviously everyone's situation is different, but I mean, I grew up in a big family and we didn't have all the toys that some of my friends did, but I definitely wasn't deprived and I don't feel bad about that at all. Maybe there were many times when I would go to their houses and be like, well, this is the coolest thing ever. And my girls do that sometimes. We'll go to people's houses and they'll be like, wow, this is so cool. But they would never want to pick all that up. And the kids that are there, they don't care about those toys anymore, you know? So it's kind of eye-opening to me to realize that we're actually not depriving our kids by not buying them every newfangled thing. I mean, it's it's the advertisement's job to make them money. It's not for our good, you know? And so all those things that you're saying that you need and you have to buy for your kids or you're a bad parent, they're just trying to make money off of you. Like, obviously, yeah. some things are good for you, but really the pressure. Why do we feel that way? Why do we feel our kids have to have all of these things that weren't even around a year or two ago? How are our kids going to be messed up because we didn't get them every single thing? So I think that uh, was, that's really big for me is just realizing that they don't need all the newfangled stuff to, right. or even the old stuff. <laughs> No, but, and I mean, they don't. I, like, I mean, a kitchen set and a doll, and I'm not saying that's it, but those things are like amazing toys, and we don't have to have like these kitchen sets that are like across the entire house. You know, I was gonna <laughs> say you don't need every flavor of ice cream and every kind yes, of vegetable and you're everything inside all the time. Yeah, no. do they even play with all those things? Not really. Not always. <laughs> no, my kids get one little basket of like of food and they have four different flavor it's like came with a set of ice cream in the freezer and that's it and and like they, and they steal play plastic. fine don't they they play <laughs> great and if they need more food if they want to pretend there's even more food inside the soup that they made me they put duplos in there and they're like grab a red one and say or Look cut at up strawberries that's my girl's favorite thing is cut up papers so <laughs> oh yeah yeah no and it allows them to be more creative yes i i love that that you said that and it, it's true you know and we can choose we can pick and choose like you said the things that actually work for us, but we don't have to have all of it. And everyone and, is so different. Like what works for me is might not work for your family too. And people, right. I think they have, think they have to put everything in a cookie cutter. It's like the whole, the whole minimal is like that. Like my minimal is not your minimal. And that's right. so true because you might have more of one thing. You might have more sweaters than I have. Just saying. <laughs> and I, I do. I, know, I definitely I do. Know. I remember you posted <laughs> that. Um, but I might have more books than you have, or something. The things are different. Per, you don't. Have, it's not a set number, and that works for kids too, and your family too. So, and it's different stages. You all have to find. So, like one time, I might have a ton of mana tiles right now, but as they get older, we might switch to something else. You know, and it mm -hmm. just depends on every family too. So, I think sometimes people get caught up in, well, she doesn't have this, so I can't have this either, or vice versa. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. You have to find what works for your family and exactly. so that's really important and the trendy thing that seems to work for everyone might not like everyone yeah. right now feels like they have to have a nugget like you don't yes. have to have a nugget which our you really couch don't. cushions work I, I I almost I almost fell for that too and then I was like well first of all I have no plans to store it and our couch cushions all come off and I bought a not super expensive couch on purpose because I have little kids and I knew mm -hmm. that they would do stuff like that so it doesn't bother me that they make forts with our couch cushions and it's no. like their favorite thing ever. And then it goes back on the couch and I don't have to store it. <laughs>
Um, confession, we have a nugget, and they use our couch cushions 97% of the time. <laughs> and uh, I actually had a girlfriend be like, hey, I'm thinking about getting a nugget for my son or whatever. Hey, hey. I told her, listen, some people swear by the nugget. Yes, they say yeah, they use work it for them. constantly. Um, and she was like, yeah, I was thinking that because, you know, I'm kind of tired of him throwing the pillows off of my couch. And I'm like, oh, well, that hasn't stopped my kids from throwing <laughs> the pillows off the couch at all. So God like, are you ready to make that a rule or are you just going to hope it works? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And to kind of finish off here, what are your personal hopes for your children um, as they grow up to, to know and think about their stuff, what do you want for um, them values wise? Well, first of all, that things are not important. It's, it's family, it's God. It's, it's how it's what they can give back. It's not, it, it, your things don't matter. Um, obviously things, we need things, um, and things are nice to have, but also that they can put value. I feel like you take care of your things more when you don't have a bunch of cheap stuff that you're just kind of throwing away, but to take care of what they have and to make the best of it and to not, um, I don't know how to explain that. Um, to not just waste, waste, waste time and money on things that, that don't even matter in the long run, but to realize that what really matters, um, and to, to focus on that is probably my goal. I love that. And you are, you're doing that through example and through intentional teaching. I think that's probably a value a lot of parents want for their kids. But if we're not willing to show them what that actually looks like when it comes to making decisions about our stuff and, um, you know, then they're, that's just going to go in one ear and out the other. It has to be something we put into practice with them. Well, yeah. The uh, last thing that I want is my kids to end up in debt because they think they needed all these different things. And that's like, that's a lot of times that happens, you know, you have to like mm -hmm. kind of keep up with everyone else. And that's not my goal for them. This hopefully and by, by, and not by me telling, you know, they, they watch. So hopefully right. I'm sharing that example to them that, so that it's, yeah. Well, I, I love it. And I just appreciate you being willing to be open about your experience as a parent and in the decluttering world, because, uh, I know that, in some ways it can be controversial even though it feels silly to those of us who do it we're it like does. this is it not like controversial you're but... sometimes it's like just because I say what I do does not mean you have to do it that way either it's right that's one thing I want to like put out there like you don't have to like obey word for word what someone else says you don't have to agree with them without and you can still take away little bits mm -hmm. and pieces too so that's really right. especially as a parent and we're not like judging you, you just because no we are, yes doing it. if we're you want to have all the toys in the world and it works for you that is completely fine like I am not sitting here going oh my goodness like right but in my house that just works for us and that's all that matters is you do what works for you so. yeah and I think that's part of like the sharing is that when we find something that has helped us and feels really good. It's only natural that we want to share that, right? Yes, but we're yes. sharing that out of excitement and out of hope that there's something that can resonate, not yes. out of judgment, you know? So yes, I, I totally get it. Expecting and no, no one, if you don't agree, that's completely fine. That's everyone's right. Like, but some people feel like, I think they think that we're judging, like you said, judging them. Exactly. Okay. So what is one area of your life? And this is something I ask everyone on the podcast that you are paring down. It can be physical or otherwise. So this is something you make simpler. You're actually decluttering, figuring out the root of, like paring down your thoughts and beliefs. What is just anything in your life that you're paring down? Oh, goodness. Um, I have to say that it was probably mostly um, I'm still working on being more focused as a mom and not letting things distract me. Um, I'm very easily distracted person. And that was one of the big things about decluttering was so that I could be more present for my kids without thinking about a bazillion. My brain's always going so fast. And so simplifying our life, not only with our, with our house and things, but also with, um, obligations and things like that. There's like, there's some things you can't, you can't simplify. Um, but you can, you can intentionally, um, set time aside to focus and yes, things have to get done around the house and I can't always be one-on-one -on -one with my kids. I can be there, but I can include them. So, you know, I'm making breakfast. Oh, do you want to crack eggs? That can get messy, but it's learning. And for me, it's, I always wanted to be the mom where, and like my mom, 
we worked alongside her and we learned everything. But then as I became a mom, I became more of a, I can do it faster myself, that kind of thing. So really just focusing on slowing down and just because that I want to get this done faster doesn't mean they can't come and help me. It's not going to make any difference. It takes five minutes longer. Um, even doing dishes and things. Yes, it's going to make a mess, but they're learning. Um, folding the laundry. I can, I can throw that in there and get, get all that sorted really fast. But if I include them, they're going to learn. And so really focusing on stopping my brain from thinking, oh, I have to do this, this, and this. And then just being like, yes, you can help me with this. Or, hey, you guys want to come and help me instead of trying to sneak away for five minutes and get it done really quick. So that's one thing that I have been working on and still need to work on. Um, like I put a post recently about my, um, my two-year-old. She brings me books all day long. And I've always hated reading aloud. Like it, I don't know why. I've always hated it. And but I do it because you're supposed to do that and it's a huge benefit to them. But I have purpose that every time she brings me a book, stop what I'm doing and I read that book to her. And usually sometimes it's only like 30 seconds. She sits on my lap, we go through a couple pages, we make some animal noises and we move on. But every time I'm like, sometimes I'm like, can you not come to me right now? <laughs> but I still sit down and, and just like focus and give her that few seconds of, instead of just pushing her off over and over, which I have been known to do because I wanted to get things done faster. So that's definitely something that I've been working on just slow down and focus on the present. Wow. What a beautiful answer. Paring down distractions. Uh, that's excellent. And by the way, if you haven't read it, are you a reader? I am. Do you read? Okay. Do. Um, the, uh, Ruth, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer is incredible. I know you're okay. a Christian as well. Mm -hmm. I, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it's Christian based and it is amazing i will actually dm you the okay link to i was gonna it. say it, can I, you send I cannot, it to me <laughs> i cannot recommend enough the, the ruthless elimination of hurry it's like it's incredible okay. um okay and so the next question and the last one is what is something that you are looking forward to in your life right now and this can be as simple as like a show or a book you're reading or seeing your kids at the end of the day or an event holiday experience anything um honestly it's actually the holidays which is weird for me because usually they stress me out like in past years it was just like my family is very very big um there's multiple gatherings and I love my family and I love all that but it's the preparation and it's like oh we need all these gifts and we know we need and then decorating I did it and I would always couldn't wait for it to come down and last year was the first year that I was like I put my tree up and I put like one thing up other than that and I didn't do anything else and I loved it the whole time and it was like when right at the beginning of my simplifying journey and I was like Oh my goodness. Like you don't have to do all of this. And so that's one thing. And we've been working on this family is just like not, maybe not necessarily going to every single gathering. Um, we've also worked on talking to people about gift giving, like the stress of obligation of giving so many gifts for so many things. And not everyone can afford that. And not everyone can afford even the mental of trying to think of all those things. Like some people are really, they love doing that. For me, it's really stressful to try to think of gifts that people like I'm a gift card person. So, <laughs> um, but so that was one thing that we worked on last year and I'm more excited this year because it's like, Oh, I only have to do this, this and this. And I, and because we pared down everything else, other things seem less overwhelming. Like this week I had to be, we had to do something every single day this week with the girls, like go out and do all this stuff. And it didn't feel overwhelming. And I remember like last year that would have like, flip me out. Like I would have been dreading it and like exhausted and the house would have been a mess. And instead it was like, Oh, they got this. I'm going to have to spend time worrying about it because we're good. And so I think that is where my, where holidays come in where I can't wait to go see my family and all these people that are coming to town and stuff without the stress. Like obviously things are so crazy, but without the stress of the dread of all this, the obligations and things that, that come with that. So I think that's probably Isn't what I'm that amazing? Just it like really the... is. It, is. it still blows my mind, like the difference that it makes. <laughs> right. That's why I'm like, I can't stop talking about this because it affects every area of your life, like from your patience it, it, to it, your it energy. It just keeps going. It keeps rolling down. Yes, exactly. It's like it, you just, it, everything that you can just keep talking about it because it really does. It really affects everything in some small way. Oh, your passion is just, oh, it touches my heart. Um, that sounds so cheesy, but it really does. Okay, so where, Elizabeth, can people find you online to follow you? Okay, so you can find me at Balancing Beams, which is a play. People are like, what does that even mean? And my poor grandma had to, like, look me up 
and balancing beams. And she's like, I just find a lot of people balancing. And so I was like, I did not think that through, I guess, in a way, but balancing beams, I'm balancing, that's our last name, beams. So um, at balancing beams, B-E-A-M-S, Instagram is where you can find me. Awesome. And she has, you have decluttering uh, different kinds of worksheets. Oh yeah, decluttering tips and things. And I have like a free decluttering checklist. I've written an e-guide on, you know, my journey and how you can go ahead and, um, start decluttering, creating a clutter-free home yourself. Um, that includes, um, some worksheets and checklists and things like that to help you get started, especially, especially good for like beginners where you're like, okay, I have no idea where to start, but I need like just kind of the push to go ahead. Um, yeah. And my declutter checklist is like 50, over 50 things of you can just go through your house and just kind of give, it's helpful sometimes where you're like, Oh, I don't even know where to start or what to do just to grab that and start with there. So, and then I shared decluttering tips and all everything decluttering and simplified home on there. I love it. Those resources are so valuable. So thank you. I will make sure that uh, Elizabeth's handle is in the show notes so you can just go there and click over to her Instagram. Uh, And thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. You just listened to an episode of Paring Down with me, Shannon Laco. If you enjoyed the show, it would mean the world if you can leave a review wherever you listen and share this episode with a friend. Those reviews really are what keeps a podcast on its feet for the long haul, and I will read every single one with a huge smile on my face, so thank you ahead of time. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit subscribe. Also, be sure to follow along on Instagram, at Paring Down Podcast, where I offer lots of tips and inspiration for pairing down, along with what's new here on the podcast. Till next time.